The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Today's episode of Tables, Others and Chairs is brought to you by our sponsors, Faces Wrestling. Head over to FacesWrestling.com for money off heavy metal wrestling merch. Use the code OTHERS, that's A-T-H-E-R-S, to get 20% off all Jimmy Havoc, B Priestley and Travis Banks merch. Once again, that's Faces Wrestling. Welcome to another episode of Tables, Adders and Chairs here on the HTM Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Adders, and I'm coming to you live from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Um, first off, guys, I'd like to apologise for no show last week. Uh, there was a bit of a family emergency, and uh, sometimes real life gets in the way, so apologies for that. Uh, I've been pretty busy this week as well. Uh, I was at Breed Pro Wrestling on Sunday with uh, my friends and my uh, little nephew, 12 years old. Uh, he's really getting into the wrestling at the minute. Um, yeah, it was a really, really great show. Really enjoyable stuff. Uh, Breed are a very new company. They've only been going for five months. And uh, things are shaping up really, really well. They're building to their big show at the beginning of September in a cave uh, Star Cave, aptly named. A uh, couple of matches already announced for that. You're going to see David Starr uh, taking on Spike Trevay, the Irish trio of More Than Hype. They're going to be taking on Schadenfreude. And uh, the Women of Steel, the uh, women's title in breed. Uh, defending champion Ivy, she's going to be taking on Candy Floss of uh, NXT UK fame. And the winner of the uh, match at the next show between Shax and another Irish wrestler, Raven Creed. So things really starting to take shape. Uh, Breed's big show is getting a lot of traction, turning a lot of heads around here in the UK. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a really, really big success. Uh, Breed doing very unique, very interesting things over here currently in the UK. Uh, We've had another pay-per-view in WWE land. We seem to be having them every other week these days. Uh, Extreme Rules, lots of title changes. Uh, Nakamura in an unannounced match with Finn Balor on the pre-show. Okay. Uh, You know, that's worthy of being on most big four pay-per-view cards, but there it was, buried on the pre-show. Go figure. Uh, Nakamura, gone from absolute obscurity to the new Intercontinental Champion. Not that I'm against it. Um, Good stuff. I I like Nakamura. I think he's a great talent. Just seems a little bit out of the blue that the guy's been off television for ages and suddenly he's the Intercontinental Champion. Whether he's a transitional champion for somebody else to come in and take it off him, I guess time will tell. Uh, 
Speaking of title changes, AJ Styles picking up the uh, US title with a little help from uh, Gallows and Anderson against Ricochet. Guess Ricochet was a transitional champion from Joe. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm a big fan of AJ Styles. Uh, AJ probably get a little bit more uh, prestige on the title. He's a, he's a bit more well-known to the common fans than Ricochet, maybe. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, Ricochet will be fine. Hashtag Ricochet is fine. I don't know. Shouts out to Bella there. Uh, another notable title change. Brock Lesnar is the Universal Champion. Yay. It was interesting. When this happened, I saw uh, lots of people pop when his music hit. And uh, lots of people in the crowd jumping up and down after he'd won. I guess these guys uh, like the title not being on shows for months. And I'm not just including Raw on that. I'm fine with the champion not being on Raw every week. It's when he doesn't show up to pay-per-views regularly and the title isn't defended regularly on pay-per-views. That's my only issue with Brock. I don't know. Seth's run, it wasn't particularly spectacular, so maybe they felt they just needed to change things up, but I, I wasn't a fan of it, to be honest. Um, Got a little bit of a different show for you this week. Again, last week there was no show because of family stuff. This week I've been mad, mad busy. Um, I've not even got around to watching all of the wrestling that happened this weekend. I have watched Extreme Rules. I thought, apart from the very, very end, it was a good pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. There was some good stuff on there. Um, I have watched the Evolve show that was on the... uh, WWE Network, I thought that was good stuff, really enjoyed um, Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle, thought that was a great match, uh, I enjoyed the tag team match, uh, Eddie Kingston, who was over in the uh, UK, wrestling for uh, companies like Attack Pro Wrestling and Progress uh, last week, uh, enjoyed the tag match with him, uh, there's a lot of impressive guys in Evolve, uh, Austin Fury, obviously, he's got a great look. I can see WWE be interested in him in a, a year, 18 months or so. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good show. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a mad, avid watcher of Evolve. Uh, WrestleMania weekend, I'll, I'll watch the odd Evolve show. But apart from that, it's not really in my wheelhouse. Uh, there's, there's too much stuff in the UK, to be honest, for me to keep up with. Uh, without going into the American independent scene. But, yeah, Austin Fairy, he looks great. Uh, the match with all the WWE guys in were great as well. Yeah, it was a decent event. If you've got the time, go check it out. Uh, I've not got round to watching all of the uh, AEW Fight for the Fallen. I watched the uh, the pre-show, the buy-in. Uh, very impressed with Sonny Kiss. That's the first time... I've managed to see the guy in a one-on-one singles capacity. Uh, Very impressed. He was over with the crowd as well. That was great. Um, Six-man tag, much stuff. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the tension between MJF and uh, Sean Spears. Uh, All six guys put it out on the line. Uh, Big fan of of all three. Uh, Janela, 
Havoc and uh, Darby Allen. I thought uh, all three of them guys looked great in defeat. The, the loss didn't do any of them guys any harm. You've got the nice story of uh, Sean Spears getting the cover over Darby Allen. Somebody that Cody, who he's currently feud, feuding with, didn't manage to get done. They had that time limit draw at Fighter Fest. Uh, yeah, pretty good storytelling, I thought. Um, what else did I watch from that? Because it, it, you got to remember, guys, over here in the UK, that shit's airing pretty late. It's like half one in the morning. I think I managed to stay up till. Uh, obviously, with the WWE Network, if I'm tired, I just watch it the next day. That's a great thing with the WWE Network. Um, speaking of AEW, though, uh, today's show is going to be dominated by a guy who's coming to AEW with not much fanfare. But uh, I'd like to think after this weekend, uh, and the, the very first event of AEW where he was the guy in the first ever singles match, got the company's first ever singles win. If you've not guessed by now, I'm talking about Kip Sabian, uh, a guy from over here in the UK, uh, very popular or unpopular when he was doing his job as a smarmy dick heel. Uh, I've got an interview with Kip that uh, I conducted in February of 2018. Uh, I thought it was relevant to put it up now. Um, obviously, the guy's going to be more known to you now that he's uh, appearing regularly on AEW. You can get an insight to his training. Uh, him starting off in the Norwich Territory. Uh, he was trained by Paige's family. If you remember the film Fighting With My Family, that's the Knight family based in Norwich. Uh, you'll hear about how his training went how he got his big break, and uh, just general stuff uh, around the British scene that he took part in while he was over here. Uh, Kip's a great dude. I'm absolutely delighted that he's getting showcased in AEW. Um, you only have to see like all the gifts of him kissing that absolute dickhead fan, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, that's how you shut fans down. You don't have to, you know, shout and scream at them. Just do something, play a little bit of mind games. That shut the guy up. That embarrassed him. That's Kip. Kip's a good dude. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview. Like I said, it's a bit old. It's about a year and a bit old now. But uh, if you haven't heard it before, it's a really interesting listen. Kip goes very deep into uh, how he got into professional wrestling. Uh, watching from a kid training, uh, the companies he's worked for, the people he looked up to. It's pretty good listen, even if I do say so myself. Going to throw to an advert now, and uh, when we come back, Tables, Others and Chairs speaks to Kip Sabian. Stick around. Hey guys, Big Joe from Turnbuckle Talk here, and you're listening to Tables, Athers and Chairs here on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Super bad. 
Hello, welcome to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs. Today I have a young man with me who's uh, making quite the noise on the British scene. He is super bad Kip Sabian. Hey, 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 Athers. Yes, you, mate. You know me well enough by now, mate. Yeah? When it comes to introductions, what happens? Do you, do you want to take it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll show you sort of the best way to do it, okay? But I'll let you off because it is your podcast. Thank okay. you. So introduce me as the heartbreaking, night-making, hunkiest hunk, handsome hustler, your girlfriend's favourite wrestler, super bad Kip Sabian on tables, athers and chairs, okay? I'm sorry about that. That's okay, man. You're forgiven. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, cold, but apart from that, oh, not too bad. Don't get me started on the cold. It's horrid. Um, so yeah, let's just dive straight in. Um, what are your earliest memories of professional wrestling? God knows. Uh, I remember I remember staying up for a pay-per-view. I couldn't tell you what pay-per-view it was, but Booker T was on it. So it's clearly a WCW pay-per-view. And my dad let me stay up. That's my first like actual memory of wrestling. And then I remember... I used to I used to watch WWE after that, but then we didn't have Sky anymore. So the only way that I could watch WWE was on like a Saturday morning on it was like Heat, something like that, Heat or something. But I remember I was a big WWE fan. So my dad was like, for your birthday, we're gonna take you to go and see a live show. I was like, oh this is sick. Like I'm I'm buzzing for this. We go to the show, I don't know, I'm like eight or nine, something like this. And we turn up and I'm like, I don't recognise the logo, what is this? It's a WCW event. <laughs> I have no idea who any of the WCW wrestlers are. <laughs> However, I'm not going to tell my dad this because he's so happy he took me. And I remember seeing... Who did I see? I'm pretty sure that I saw Booker T again, which is why Booker T is like in my all-time top five because he's the man. Or as he'd say, his fave five. He, yeah, too right. Uh, you can't see it right now, but I'm doing that five times. Yeah, and that's one of my earliest memory. But I don't really remember wrestling too much in my youth. No, I was a fan, but I wasn't like a follow the storyline fan. Like I, I just used to watch it like randomly. And me and my brother would always like be out on our friend's trampoline, pretending to wrestle with each other. And then I just fell out of love with wrestling for a while, and then uh, ended up coming back to it and started ye old backyard. The infamous backyarding. Did you have a backyard name? I did. Well, my original backyard name, which this is an inside scoop. Very few people know this, but I was Tidal Wave because I was a big Hurricane fan. So clearly, if you're a fan of the Hurricane, in comes Tidal Wave. So I created him on one of the Smackdown games, I remember. And he looked terrible, but he was basically a blue version of the Hurricane. And then I wrestled for a while as, as Jet Kippen and Jet James. Uh, with with uh, Will Ospreay and and Flash and Hitch and all of those guys and then yeah and then took it up as a profession I guess. So uh, when did you start training? At what age? Uh, it's like seventeen ish I guess sixteen seventeen. Um, I tried to train with XWA. So basically, I decided I wanted to train. Um, so I looked online for, oh, where can I train? And I came across the XWA school. So I contacted Dan Reed at the time. I think this was before he was, like, the main owner. 
and uh, he was like okay if you get a train to Ipswich which I was from Norwich so it's not that far it's only like one train and we'll meet you there and then we'll go to training so I'm like absolutely like buzzing for this sort of training experience and then on the day Dan sends me a message sorry the training school's closed down I was like no are you serious like what so then I went a little while with no training and then a good friend of mine Joe Penny uh, one too many um, who is a referee at WAW knew of our little yarding group and sent us a message saying we're running a training uh, session before a show uh, in Galston which is my hometown um, do you want to come along it's only this amount and you get some training I was like yeah sure so me and a few of my yarding mates went along really enjoyed it and then uh, they asked if we wanted to come back for their like summer camp and then uh, yeah it, it went from there so who was it that trained you uh, Soraya Knight uh, Ricky Knight Roy Zebra Kid back then obviously Roy and Zach the hooligans now um, obviously Raya was there as well Paige um, so sort of that, that group were my main introduction but it was great man it was like it was an old school British style as well that's what I liked like we got in there we grappled we fought each other every hit was legit like it was like a proper way in and like now I'm I'm grateful that I got that way in to wrestling um, and then now when I take training seminars or the school that I've got up in Batley uh, that's the same kind of mentality that I try and push on to people uh, but yeah so I started there I got a great story about when I first started which uh, again I've never really spoken about on a on a podcast or anything like this but um, I went to my first sort of proper training school this summer camp and uh, first day they said to us right put yourself in groups so like flyers technical brawlers so obviously being the sort of little backyard kid that I was I was like oh, I'm, I'm obviously a high flyer like I'm a cruiserweight um, however if you watch me work now you can see that I'm not really a flyer uh, but back then I was um, and, th- and they paired us up with someone else in another group so I had this, this pairing um, and he was like what can you do so I said all my stupid ridiculous moves we put a five minute match together went out and did the match and everything went wrong everything went wrong I did a top rope runner he'd never taken one it, we landed really funny he nearly broke his neck um, afterwards uh, Soraya or Julia sat me down in, in front of the entire class and tore me a new one basically I'm assuming at that point it was and we've obviously spoken about it since and we laugh about it now but it, because I was an egotistical little backyarder who thought I knew more than I did it was a knock down a peg so I got torn an absolute new one in front of everyone I've never been so embarrassed in my life she then put me in with a guy called Scott Fusion who was one of their main sort of heavyweights at that time and said right I want you to do another match with Scott so I went away with Scott and we, we had the most basic match ever we got in there and clearly there'd been a little word of right rough him up a little bit and he beat the crap out of me um, it, it came to his finisher which at the time was a wheelbarrow German um, and he was quite short but he was quite big so it was a real whiplash kind of German and we went to do it and Julia goes no 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 that's enough that's enough I then went no just give me it anyway he, he gave me the German one two three I get another bit of a bollocking 
sit there for the rest of the session just embarrassed gets the next day because they were like a three day in a row sort of full day training gets the next day I turn up Julia comes straight over to me gives me a hug and says you've got my respect now because she didn't think I was going to turn up she thought that that was going to be me gone but because I came back the next day and ever since she's been like one of my closest friends in wrestling and obviously mental yeah so that's my introduction into pro wrestling I guess and since then it's been brilliant so I take it you started at WAW I certainly did back in the uh, the Knight Dynasty can you remember your first match was against it was a it was like a like a multi-man but like a gauntlet version so it was like actually it was more of a handicap I think it was like maybe like five on one against Carl Kramer the barbarian who was obviously a big lad and uh, I came in with my Elucha tights and borrowed kick pads which I think I borrowed from Will years ago um, and a vest top skinny kid massive blonde fringe going as well like the epitome of scene and uh, went in there and I think I hit like three drop kicks in a row and then took a like a massive like flapjack and then lost from there on but I, I, I always remember as he like pushes me up for the flapjack like almost hitting the ceiling because like I was so, I was so small like I was like I don't know, five, five, six, five, seven, like under nine stone easy. Like I was easy to throw around. Like back then, I think that's why guys liked to wrestle me because they could literally just throw me around as much as they wanted. Uh, and then now I'm not exactly the biggest guy, but I, I think I sometimes forget that I'm not that small kid anymore. So how did you find WAW on the whole? I loved it. Like the thing with Norwich is Norwich is, is very out of the way in the country. Um, and the fan base themselves are a very core, like we like to say, old school style fan base where it's almost like a territory. Yeah. Um, and it still is to this day. Like it's one of the rare places where it's still a territory. And like I got the chance there for six odd years before I moved to hone my craft there before eventually spreading my wings and breaking out, etc. And I don't think I could have hoped for anything more. I mean, at the time, obviously, all I wanted to do was be everywhere but I now am happy that it took longer for me to to actually get out there I've just seen a Minnesota Vikings t-shirt boo get out now who do you follow Leafs brother I better not mention I'm a Raiders fan then oh what get out now (laughs) leave Um, so who would you say like when you're in WAW what was their best experience or best match that you had when you were there tagging with Brad um, so very early on, they teamed me and Brad Slayer together um, as special edition uh, because we both liked the same bands, had the same haircut. Um, me and Brad became friends instantly. Like as soon as we started training, we became like instant best mates. And I think it really helped us as a team because we had that natural kind of chemistry going. Um, so obviously, I spent a lot of time tagging with Brad. Um, Brad eventually ended up getting an injury on his knee um, and prior to that the only time I'd really done much single stuff was right at the start or when I was yarding so it was kind of a shock for me at that point to go oh damn I've got to transition into being a singles wrestler now after years of being predominantly a tag team Um, the best match we ever had came later which was I want to say 2016 maybe 15 um but it was me and Brad versus the hooligans and we were on last and 
the hooligans were over as hell because it, it's Norwich and Roy and Zach are like the most over thing going and uh, we started the match and we got booed a little bit so like they introduced us and we got like a bit of a boo they introduced the hooligans they got a big sort of cheer by the end of the match like we got like a standing ovation um, they then gave us the big speech about how good we were uh, which was quite a big moment for me and Brad as well because obviously coming into it they were like the guys that were always one step above us and then when they started tagging because we tagged before them but when they started tagging they were still always like the top baby face team of the hooligans special edition of like the uh, the stand-ins we're like the reserves we're waiting do you know what I mean we still got our opportunities but it wasn't that so then to have that moment was probably the best match that we had there there were loads of great matches man but it's just finding them back now like Alex Young's another like great worker I had some really great matches with him uh, he did five star the other day um, Ricky Knight Jr we had some good ones we had a really good one from Epic Studios that I just can't seem to find anywhere so if anyone can find that please let me know uh, you talked about branching out from WAW yeah. where was the first place that you went to after you did that um, I mean while I was still living in Norwich because that was the problem was because I was living in Norwich it was hard for people to take a chance and bring me on my own to all these places because again it, it costs a lot more money to bring someone um, so I had a few with uh, places like DOA um, uh Fight Factory in Lincoln, I had a few for them. Um, RCWA, which again was Will's promotion uh, from when we used to do it, and then it transitioned into being a uh, sort of pro promotion, which is still going really well now. But they were like the main ones that I'd do stuff for. Um, I went to France and wrestled for ECTA over there, uh, where me and Brad won their French tag championships. And I think I won, yeah, I won their junior championship as well because um, there was a working relationship with the WW guys and, uh, and the French company but apart from that I'd not really been in the wrestling fans eyes like the indie kind of eyes so I guess the first place after would have been I want to say like Southside maybe yeah I think it must have been it was like Southside or Hope or both kind of very close together I think I was going to say the first place I remember seeing Steve you Lynch? was the first um, Lucha Forever show in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'd have... I think I'd have done... I believe you were the Hope uh, King of Flight champion at the time. So I'd I'd gone to Southside and done the ladder match where I joined GBH. And then I'd gone to Hope and on my debut won the Kings of Flight tournament. Um, And then it was like pretty much straight after that that then Lucha Forever started, which was some of the best times that I've had in wrestling still to this day I miss Lucha Forever I'll be honest I, I think a lot of fans miss Lucha Forever was, um, man. like this is what I was, like, I was saying to Ryan like I, I always say to Ryan and, and Will but like as much as like I'd had an opportunity to wrestle for these other places Lucha was the first place that kind of went right what can you do show us what you can do we know you can do it go out and do it and they really gave me the ball to run with like the um, the self-introduction I'd done prior to that, but it was there that it really kind of became a, a stable thing. The super bad thing as well, like I'd been doing that for a while, but then at Lucha Forever it became a thing. And like 
I was new to the whole like Twitter buzz as well. That was the thing. So like because of these places I've worked, it wasn't really an internet kind of crowd. So as soon as we did that one in Birmingham, I looked at my phone. And I was like, oh my god, what's a gif? Like, there's they're, they're, how have they managed to do this? Like, I can now see me like five minutes after I've done it because they were like live gifing and stuff. And it was just really good. Like, I think that was and like. Ryan as well like gave me the opportunity as the first ever Lucha Forever match um, to have the mic which is something that I've always I've always like wanted to be a mic guy but I'd always been a little bit dubious of it or nervous to do it or I'd not been given the opportunity like it's very rare a promoter will go here you go have the mic you've got like three minutes like cut a promo so would you say it's the strongest part of your game now back then I don't think it was but it was that show where then I did the the mic work there and I remember coming back after the match and going okay I, I think I'm onto something here like I'm onto the the character because the character was still developing back then it was it was more like pretty boy ladies man back then and then since then it's slowly developed into I don't know how to describe it I'd say like super bad is how I'd describe it like it's really weird but yeah that was like the first time that that part of my game became apparent and then from there on all I wanted to do was constantly go right how can I now get my mic work to the next level or my character to the next level and like it was less focusing on oh I want to do the coolest moves and more like right what can I do that no one's doing that's going to make people go ah I, I want to see Kip wrestle because I'd, I'd been doing all the stupid moves and I'd get like a ah oh, that was sick but I'm not a Will Ospreay like I'm not a Ryan I'm not I'm not one of those guys that can do these crazy moves picture perfect first time but I think for a long time I was battling with myself going you have to be that guy and then I think it was that that show where I then sat there and went okay you don't have to try and be someone that you're not just be this character speaking of um, being someone that you're not how close is the real you to the character Kip Sabian? <laughs> Ask my girlfriend. No, um, so, so like, it, it's not you turned up to 11. But this is what I mean. Like, it sounds cliche to a degree, but it's kind of like all of the... Because everyone can get, like, pissed off and become a dick at some point. Like, everyone does it, right? It's that side of me, and then just turn it up, like, loads. And, like... It's funny because, so I'll I'll do the gimmick and then I'll go to the merch table and or I'll I'll be chatting with fans or whatever, and it's hilarious how if they've not seen me before or they've not approached me at merch, they're a bit dubious because it's like oh this guy's an absolute dick, and then they meet me and it's like oh wait a second, <laughs> like I don't know like I'd like to say that it's none of me. But it is, it is a part of me that I just jump into. And then since then, it's just become all these little mannerisms that are more than that. And then, to be honest, there's a lot of influences that I've taken from other wrestlers as well, like, subliminally. Like, Chris Travis is, like, or has been one of my biggest influences slash idols for... Since I started, like, pro wrestling and I came across Trav and Kirby... Which is really funny because me and Kirby, like, we were driving together the other week and we're, like, really good friends now and said how great... Kirby said to me the other day and tweeted about it saying how good it would be for me and him to become a team. Um, and for me, like, I said it to Kirby, for me that was, like, a massive, like, compliment because it means that I'm doing something right 
in sort of the Trav men do you know what I mean like I don't want to copy Trav but subliminally I can't help but idolise and draw inspirations from Travis's game recently you uh, made your debut at Progress how did that go for you I did uh, yeah it was, it, was, it was surreal man like for years I'd said how I wanted to work for Progress since like I said to Glenn like since chapter 2 so I watched Will and um, one of our friends Alex Esmail Velocity Vipers Velocity Vipers um who started tagging at uh, Lucha Britannia together. And I watched them debut against the London Riots. And uh, instantly I was like, oh man, this show looks so good. I really want to be a part of it. But I didn't know how to back then. Um, And then I got sort of caught up in the stuff I was doing. Um, But I still always wanted to debut for progress. And like, I'd sent them loads of messages like over the years and there'd never really been an opportunity. And then I met Glenn at a Lucha show, I think. And he gave me some really good sort of feedback and said he really liked the character and he'd be in touch in the future. And I just took it as, ah, that's nice. At least he's giving me a compliment, but they've got their guys they're using. And then out of the blue, I got an email from John. Are you available? <laughs> Let me check my diary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and it happened. And that was the first time I'd wrestled with, uh, with Eva. Um, and like the the crowd seemed to really like go with the gimmick as well, and yeah, it was a really fun experience, mainly for me on a personal level to say, okay, I finally got the the progress debut under my belt, and hopefully things come from it. But if they don't, then at least I can tick it off as okay, I've wrestled for them now. Totally. Um, what would you say is like the most difficult part of the job of being a professional wrestler? Um, Apart from the cold dressing rooms, uh, yeah, the yeah, damn it, you've taken it from me. I don't know, man. Like long, it's long. It's like long hours, um, which sounds silly because you're in the ring for like I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. But like, it's getting there. You, obviously, I I love it when I'm there because obviously you've got the boys in the locker room and it's 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 that kind of team mentality and that's my favourite thing to be around is around the boys and the fans etc. But it's long hours on the road, um, getting in at like three or four in the morning, going to sleep, waking up the next day, dragging yourself out of bed, going to the gym, then heading off to the shit. Like, it sounds silly because I went from back in Norwich or Yarmouth, whatever, I was, I was a call centre manager working Monday to Friday and resting on the weekends. But I feel more tired now that everything's on resting now that I'm doing it full time. Because you're just constantly focusing on what you're doing. I don't know, man. Like, I think there's just a lot of hard bits, but it's easily outweighed by how great it is. Right. want to quickly end this with a word association game. Hit me up, brother. Right. And I'm going to cover these names so you can't see them. Okay. Damien Dunn. Love. Drew Parker. Hair. Good shout. Flash Morgan Webster. Napalm El Ligero <laughs> Stop Stop tweeting That you beat me <laughs> Nathan Cruz Professional Chris Brooks Hair <laughs> Eddie Dennis <laughs> I 
I keep wanting to say hair because I saw a video of Eddie the other day and his hair looked really good. I watched the, the Welsh thing, uh, the Welsh BBC documentary, and he just got a sweet fade. Uh, I don't know. Eddie is beautiful. There you go, that'll do. Jack Sexsmith. Oh. <laughs> Wrestler. <laughs> Cara Noir. Oh, egg. <laughs> Sarai Knight. Hard as fuck. WAW. Home. Southside. GBH. Hope. Uh, <laughs> Mansfield. What? <laughs> Name of venue. Progress. Achievement. Lucha forever. Oh. Best. Kip Sabian. Your girlfriend's favourite wrestler. And finally, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to be still doing what I'm doing, um, but obviously have branched out into other areas. I mean, Japan is a big thing for me. Um, I've always wanted to go to Japan. I got into NOAA very early uh, when I started pro wrestling. Um, NOAA was a big influence to me, so NOAA is probably, like, up there. Um, I'd like to go to America. I'd love to do a WrestleMania weekend. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. Like, another, like, IPW at, at the moment under Billy Wood is killing it. So, like, I'm really happy to be a part of what he's doing there. And he seems to put a lot of faith in me, like Ryan and Will did with Lucha. Um, so hopefully they grow as well to the point where they're at the top because um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing there. I don't know, man. I just want to keep wrestling and having these great chats with you in a pub. Nice one. Um, I mean, that's a great point to end it. Uh, super bad. Thank you, Athens. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you for letting me have a go in your chair as well In uh, just before we filmed this. Not a problem. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, God damn. What up, fam? This is LP live at your call. You are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Too sweet. Hello, this is the future Prime Minister of Great Britain, Zack Sabre Jr., and you are listening to Tables, Athers, and Chairs. Welcome back, guys. Uh, hopefully now you know a little bit more about the man behind the character of Kip Sabian. Uh, like I said before, absolute great dude. Pretty gutted that I won't get to see him wrestle more often now in person. But from a uh, personal point of view, I'm absolutely delighted that he's at AEW. Delighted he's getting this big stage to perform on. And uh, I'm delighted that he's smashing it out of the park. And uh, long may it continue. Kip, mate, keep killing it. Uh, that's about all time we've got here on uh, Tables, Others and Chairs this week. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. If you want to subscribe to HDM Podcast, not only can you hear my stupid British ass, uh, you get lots of other shows as well. You get the PW Hustle, you get Turnbuckle Talk, 
with uh, Big Joe and Carl. Uh, you get uh, Robin Nelson's podcast. Lots of good interviews on there. And, of course, you get uh, Jargo and RBV with the uh, HGM Sports and HGM Wrestling. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, it's at Others Chairs. Uh, please feel free to subscribe to Tables, Others and Chairs' YouTube channel. Just uh, search Tables, Others and Chairs on YouTube. It's there. Click subscribe. And uh, we have the Tables, Others and Chairs message board on Facebook. Search that out and I will add you. Thank you very much for listening once again, guys. I hope you all have an awesome weekend. And I will catch you next week. Sarah. Six eyes, I got a garbage brain that's driving me insane. And I don't like a ride, so push that mess aside. And baby, I won't care, cause baby, I don't scare. Cause I'm a reborn maggot using dream warfare. Rock.